Welcome to the Rory Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great interview for you guys today with Quan Van Putten. He is a free agent professional basketball player, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports Focus podcast. Deep dive into our local, high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Roadie Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and we have another great episode for you guys today, episode 84 or 85, I believe. We're we're up there. There's a lot of episodes that have been out, but today's episode is with Quan Van Putten. He's a free agent professional basketball player. We actually take this episode to the Bronx. Uh, we keep on expanding our brand. Um, it's been awesome. It's been crazy that we've been able to get out to the Bronx of New York um, and, you know, elsewhere in Boston as well, too. I've had a few people reach out to me from Boston. So it's crazy. It's soon going to be the uh, the New England run back. But anyways, about Quan's career, Quan played his high school basketball in Brooklyn, had an opportunity to try out for the JBA, which was ran by LeVar Ball, and was able to make the JBA, ended up getting cut, and was curious of why he got cut. Um, he tells a great story. He tells that story. He says he even told that story in a couple of years, so it's very interesting to hear his perspective on it. And he also goes into detail what he did after the JBA, what he's looking to do now, how he's trying to achieve his goals, and hopefully playing professional basketball either over in Europe and eventually hopefully make it to the NBA. Just a great interview, great guy. He seems like he has a good heart where he wants to be and um, you know, great things of what he wants to do for Brooklyn. And I hope he accomplishes everything that he does. But before we get into that episode, before we get into watching that episode, you guys can check out the episode on YouTube. Just remember, hit that like, share, and subscribe button. You can watch it there. Or just stay tuned here and uh, listen here on the podcast. Here is our interview with Quan. All right. Joining me today is a very special guest. We are, we are expanding our brand. We're going to Brooklyn now over in New York. I got, I got a great young man joining me today, and he has a great story to share for you guys. He is Quan Van Putten. He is a free agent for pro basketball. Quan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeff? I'm doing really well. How are you holding up during these uh, COVID times, man? Are you doing all right? Uh, man, oh, what that COVID was just a grind by itself, man. It was just a grind by itself, just toughing up mentally. And, you know, it helped me grow. Like, I, I think COVID, it was like a time for you, for us as people like to understand what our path is and, and meditate. And I developed really mentally and spiritually, too. So um, I, I had to thank COVID for that. So COVID wasn't a bad thing. I didn't look at it as a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It was, I think um, it's very, I think a lot of people took it as a positive to um, spend more time with the families, like, you know, not working as much. So it was kind of, it was a bit of a different pace, nice different pace for a little bit. I mean, it sucks if you get it. I mean, I've had it hands up here, but it sucks if you get it. And for all those who have been affected by it, but um, I think of the positive is there's some other things, but <clears throat> Quan. You have a great story, man, and we we connected, and I looked you up online, and I watched some stuff about you, and listened to your story. Uh, you know, I'm excited here, but I gotta know before we get into your story, how did you get into basketball? When did you start playing? At what age? Oh man, um, I mean, like I've been around basketball ever since I was like a little boy. Like I think I can say 
at least three, four. Because I remember, you remember the little tykes where you used to have to make the little bat plastic basketball. I had those. And I used to play on it all the time. And I really not know what I'm doing. I just like, oh, I like it. I used to like, just jump in and grabbing it. And then I didn't take basketball seriously till like the sixth, seventh grade. And I've been like, because person, the person that inspired me most was Kobe Bryant. Like, I, that's the first player I knew. I knew Michael Jordan, but I knew like Kobe. Kobe's the one that got me to like to play the game and to really take it seriously. It's the way how he said to um to look at the game, the way he look at it, detail by detail. Like that's the type of player I am. I, I love I love the game with all my heart. And basketball has done a lot for me. It's like it really does a lot. And even though I'm not in the NBA currently like I would love to be in an NBA I'd like to be part of the Brooklyn Nets one day too like how everything is going and um yeah I just basketball just been it's been it's been a love of my life it's been a love of my life that's awesome so I'm assuming are you a Brooklyn Nets fan with everything that's going on before we go so, so been, ever since like because I'm before uh before the Brooklyn Nets stadium was there I remember as a kid that was never it was just an empty space it was literally like empty it was nothing there like literally nothing like a hole and people were saying it was gonna be this gonna be a hotel we didn't know what that spot was gonna be but when how when they when the Brooklyn Nets was formed here and at first nobody didn't take it seriously in Brooklyn but as time went on we start to see like well okay they could do something like and now with this team that we have now like I never in a million years thought this would we'll, we'll have a team. I didn't even think Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Blake Griffin, Lamarcus Aldridge. Oh, are you kidding me? That's a whole. That's a whole two K team right there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I was comparing it to. I was telling so I was talking to someone last night. It's like it looks like someone just made this up in two K and put a team. It's like and it's funny because it is true. It's true, but I mean Brooklyn is tough. I mean they're gonna be a tough team to beat. It's all all in for the NBA championship over there. Listen, they just got to sign me next to the culture. I said, you sign me next to the culture. <laughs> we'll get a hashtag going. We'll get it going. We'll get you on there. <laughs> if I had the connections, I'd talk to someone. <laughs> uh, but I want to know, so you started, you said you started taking basketball more serious around sixth grade, middle, like middle school area. Was there a time that you kind of like realized that there was some serious separation between the other competition in middle school and then even going into high school? I mean, I think for me, since I wasn't really like advanced with the game at that time, all I knew how to do was shoot. In middle school but like my like in brooklyn in new york in general like it's, it's a competition is it's tough it's strict because everybody just want to get out everybody because the mentality is this like when we're when we are in i'm living in brownsville currently but brownsville my neighborhood is like you know it's full of like drugs and gangs and you know so we gotta get the formality of that but like being seeing that and like on an everyday basis it's kind of like it discourages you and you could be, it could easily become product of the environment. So like being surrounded by that, it was kind of like a motivation to say, okay, I have to find a way to get out. Like either do your schoolwork or not do sports. And if you don't do good in either one, you, you end up falling to the streets. And me personally, I didn't want to fall to the streets. I didn't want to feel like, oh, this is the only way you can make money to support your family and this and that. Cause that's not true. Like, us as people, we if the education system is there. I feel like the education system should do a better job with that, like to really show that okay, like you could do this, and that you don't have to be just an athlete alone. You could be, you can get into becoming a doctor, lawyer. You know, even though like I heard this all before, yeah. but a lot of people don't encourage that, and especially we don't encourage that enough. So, sports is like the only way I could have like seen a way out, and I still see it as a way out. But now I'm like I'm always expanding my education as well, but. 
you know, basketball has like been there. Like it's been the backbone of everything. It's been the backbone. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. I think education is, uh, I think you're right. I think the education system to do a little bit more and put more faith and, you know, give kids a, a better way. And I think they should just start introducing more things to kids so they can kind of have somewhat direction of know what they want to get into. Some things mm -hmm. are, you know, just sitting down and doing English and history is not for everyone. Like, right. like you know, playing, like making graphics and stuff like that might be for someone or, you know, Dr. Lawyer, like you said, so I think trying to introduce that at a young age would be great. I think, I think you got something right there too. You could just probably start a nonprofit right there. So, <laughs> right? But, um, you know, so what was it like your high school career like and how did you like start to develop your game and like start playing and like what? Well, a high, high school career, all right, I'm gonna give you a story. High school career, my high school career, I didn't start playing on my high school team since 10th grade. But ninth grade, I had, I was like, it was just there, you know, my friend there at high school and stuff like that. I'm just, and we used to have like the outdoor during lunch with us. We had a back of basketball, whatever. I remember when, I was playing in the schoolyard or whatever. I had this one big guy. He was like six, seven, whatever. I think I had hops, but I thought I could block him. He ended up, so he ended, he ended up dunking on me. I was like, bro, like that was my welcome to high school moment. I was like, wow. So seventh grade, I got came back. I got better. I got stronger. And, you know, I was my first year. You know, I'm just getting used to the rhythm, complaint under the whistle, getting used to that. So, you know, and then you go here focusing on, like, oh, I want to score this amount, this amount. And then as I was getting older, like towards the end of my high school career, I got my MVP, I got an MVP trophy, which I have right here. Oh, this, this one can, this one here. Oh. <laughs> so this one 2016. I like it. I remember when I, I remember when I got it, I, I and the thing was so crazy, they had a banquet and I missed it because I had a family issue, but I didn't know, I didn't know about the banquet. So the next day I had gym class and they said, oh, on, you missed the banquet. I said, what banquet? So you got an MVP trophy, and then they bring this to me. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, okay. So the whole day in school, I was with it, and I was I just had a good time. But, like, I think the best part about my high school career was, like, the challenges. Like, was, like, the, camarader um, the, the camaraderie. Like, bring, like, coming together and, you know, helping each other on the court, but especially off the court. Like, when it came back to the classroom, it came to, like, you know, seeing if everybody's good. Like, we, it was like a brotherhood. And my high school name was Arts and Media Preparatory Academy, but it got closed down after um, I graduated. So it was like, you know, I would, I, I still keep in contact with some of my old teammates now, but you know, some of my old teammates don't really hoop no more, but we had like a great team. Like we had a great team. I remember my, my, my best teammates on high school was Dante Taylor, Daniel Pierre-Lewis, um, Kyrie Matthews, um who else wow a lot of them man it, it, the list goes on i wish i could make i wish i could name all of them oh austin it's just a lot of them it's a lot of us man there's a lot of joshua morrison and th those those are my guys like they really they taught me how to play the game and you know they really impacted me like i keep telling them like yo you guys really helped me change my game but they look at me and say oh like yo, Kwon, you've been doing your thing. I said, nah, like I had to at those times in practice when they had to push me, like they really pushed me. Like and I was like, man, I, I got it. I get them thanks every single day, every single time. I have to. That's great. I mean, that's amazing. They have teammates like that. Is there like a memorable game that really sticks up to you? I mean, besides getting dunked on that one time yourself for a year, but like, what's like a memorable game that kind of like was like that really sticks up to you in high school that you guys like you won, you played really well together, or like you know a team win or yourself. Oh yeah, it was on my mom's birthday. My mom's birthday was March third, and it just recently passed. 
I'm in high school. Oh, and I'm I'm also a, a, I'm a fraternal twin. So my twin brother was playing with me at the time too. Oh wow. And so we was playing and we was facing our rival. Our rival was science skills. And basically, like we had like the green jerseys and all of that. And they had the purple. So it was basically like a like it was like a Celtic versus Lakers type of atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. But when we played, like I had 17 and 10. Uh my brother had a double double. He had 10 and 10. Uh, Dante had, I think, 20, 22 or something like that. Daniel had 19, but we was like going, it was like neck and neck game. Like, I'm talking about, like, it was like at a point, you know how you got spaced out basketball in high school? No, like, we was all paint basketball. Like, getting, now you got to fight. All right, all right. Like, everybody grabbing each other, like, no calls, no, it was like, it was barely any, the ref was not blowing their whistle that game. Like, they wanted us to be gritty and grab. I got fouled in the three point line. I made the three. I didn't get no foul call. I was like, man, but. I think we, we ended up winning the game by, uh, it was like a mid-range shot, a mid-range game winner. I didn't take the shot, though. I, I made an inbound play for the shot. It was two, who was it, two? I think it was my boy Shamit that hit the shot. Yeah, it was Shamit that hit the shot, and then we ended up winning the game, and it was great. Like, after the game, it was just it was just really fun, and I cried. And my mom, I said, my happy birthday, mom, whatever you went up. It was just a, it was a fun game. It was a fun game. And my brother called a dunk that day, too. <laughs> That's awesome. That, that's amazing. Also, happy birthday to your mom as well. Happy belated birthday to your mom. Uh, and that's awesome that you and your brother played basketball. Did you guys have friendly competitions with each other growing up? How was it like, you know, playing with him? And my brother, my brother, like, that's my twin. You know, that's that's me. That's that's I look at him. I see me a lot. And you know, for him, like he played basketball because I played basketball. He told me that I was like, bro, like you didn't have to do that. Like, yo, I wanted to because like, I think I think when I seen how like how powerful like what I do impacts people when I see it on my brother. Cause my brother, he ended up, I started liking Kobe, he liked Kobe. Like, and my brother, like he, I feel like if he could, if he still was playing like seriously, I feel like he could be somewhere too with me. I feel like me and him would be like labor, like how the Morris twins are. Like, I feel like we could have been like that. But, yeah, we gotta get him back. Get him back. Let's get him out. We're gonna play. We're gonna get you guys together. Same team, wherever you guys go. That's awesome. That's that's great. Um, but I want to know too because after your high school is over, career is over with you, you how did you decide to try out for the JBA and like what was that process like? Tell like explain everyone to like what's it like the inside of what was going on with the JBA and stuff. So to the first, I was trying to go to college. I went to college. I went to St. Francis and then St. Francis College was like a D1 that's down here in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't like developed enough for it because, you know, like my body and stuff like that. So I was kind of like behind. Like I said, I wasn't exposed to that type of like atmosphere. Yeah. So I transferred to a JUCO, it was at Dutchess Community College. That was in upstate Poughkeepsie, New York. And um, I went there and I was supposed to play for them. So I was like, you know, catch up on my grades and, you know, next semester you come back and then you get in flow with things. And the way how I ended up getting into the JBA, I was I came home for a weekend to see my mom. And I was on Instagram scrolling. And I see LeVar. You know how LeVar was like, he, he ran in. Like he, and he said he has, oh, it's a JBA, baby. It's tryouts, baby. And I'm like, okay. But then he said he had a tryout at Brooklyn Stidum. The Brooklyn Stidum not far from him. That's the bus right away. So I went to the trial. And I'm talking about like it was a bunch of people. Like it was like like a lot of people from everywhere. So like and the thing I'm I'm known in my community. So I go there and I see people, whatever. I say, yo, it's good, bro. Da, da, da. I see you here for the trial. Yeah, bro. Uh, uh, uh. And then I see other people that's come, but they're not from Brooklyn. They come from Canada. They come from Texas. They come like, oh, yeah, like they was traveling what? Like this is because this is the last trial for the JBA. So I end up 
being there. So, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, I got college with me. I'm just, I'm just here for the uh, atmosphere and just see how the vibe is. And I go there and I'm not expecting to make it. I'm not expecting to make it at all. I'm just going there just to, just to get a run in. And a lot of people that's in it, they're just like, they're scrambling, you know, they're not really playing, like organizing everything like that. So they paired me up with my team and I told people around me that was on my team. I said, yo, bro, I'm not really trying to like make it, whatever. I'm just going to help y'all get where y'all need to be. This in the third. So yeah. I was being a leader of my team. And, you know, I was getting blocks. I'm getting three-point shots and I'm making the right play, passing, doing pick and rolls, telling my teammates, yo, you got to come here, this and the third, da, da, da. and I'm just, because I'm really basketball savvy. So after the trial, whatever was over, um, I didn't like, I was getting ready to put my stuff and go home. And they they stopped me. They said, oh, where you going? I said, I'm going home. Yeah, I ain't call my name, because they ain't call my name at first. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for the, like, because they say top eight people, and they end up calling 15 people. I was like, wow, okay. They end up calling me, whatever. And then um, they FaceTime. Look, we got LeVar on a FaceTime call. And then LeVar telling us, oh, you guys, congratulations on making the JBA. This and third. And I'm like, okay. And I'm just like, and, and now I'm just like, I'm shocked. I'm like, bro, that's LeVar Ball I'm looking at. Like, you know, I, I can't believe I really made this cut. So I'm looking. And then, you know, now how the experience of me getting on to the Houston ball is now. Since every roster half was at eight spots, I like and we, but they took 15 because we made the most of the league because New York had mostly like the talented guys and everything like that. So they basically split some people. Some people end up shipped over to Chicago. Some people got shipped over to Atlanta and I got shipped over to Houston. So I basically made up like the eighth or seventh roster spot on Houston. And, you know, so now it's like, okay, now I just got to adjust playing with guys from Houston now because now it's like, because people don't understand when you play basketball, depending where you're from, your style is going to be different. Yeah. So yeah. when they saw how I played, it looked different to them. It didn't look like, oh, because in Houston, they got they got guys that's tall, that's athletic, that likes to go rim running. But me, I'm like a little flashy, little dang, razzle-dazzle, you yeah. know, like that. So when I brought that, and then they see how my, my energy was, they, okay, it was something different than when they liked it. So during that time, we had practice when everything like that. We're like the, the only thing that was um, hard to me at first was the conditioning. And um, I think it was like the weight difference and stuff like that. So I wasn't as strong. I wasn't as bulky because, like I said, New York, we're not exposed to all of that type of stuff. So when I got there, it was, it was a challenge. So and then we ended up I ended up finishing, completing the training camp. And, you know, they, they had us on a set schedule. I'm talking like, we worked off from eight in the morning to like eight o'clock at night, yeah. every day, every day. Like it was not, it was no escaping. Like we had like a little lunch period, but after lunch, right back to it. Like they really had us in that training camp, like sweats, sweating every day, ice wraps every day. Like, and, and people don't understand, like when you go into that process of really trying to make it, it it's a grind. So it's like, you really have to be mentally tough and prepared for that so through that process we got completed the training camp but then when they end up trying to um, they end up sending me home it was there but the thing is um they was talking about people getting sent home and stuff like that but i was like for what though like it that's been they're not they're not really explaining why people are getting sent home yeah well i seen a few players that from the training camp i got was missing or anything like that so when they got to me um, and they said to me, oh, we need to have eight players on the team and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, for what? Like, what I do wrong? I, the training camp is over. Like, I'm, 
I'm because I'm really just mentally preparing myself for the game tomorrow. After the train, after the train can complete, we fly up to the next. We fly for the game. Yeah. But I'm telling them, I'm saying for what? They not, and they're not. I, I'm looking at them, asking, give me a reason, give me a reason. They're not giving me a reason. That it was like to this day, I'm still wondering what was the reason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a question I answered. I never got that answer. So, oh, and on top of that, I, when I first came to the JB, I talked to LeVar personally one-on-one, like one-on-one. Like I, I wasn't starstruck by LeVar. Like I, I went up to LeVar, me and LeVar had a conversation. I said, LeVar, how you doing? I shook his hand, like, how me and you talking? Like I talked to him just like this and mm-hmm. asked him what you're trying to do with the JBA. Like, what are you trying, what's your aspiration? Like, are you trying to make this another pathway to, to help people get into the NBA? Are you really, are you like, you know, are you, I feel, cause I feel like, the league wasn't really made for us to like to really prosper. I really felt it was for Lamelo to yeah. get exposure. And and I'm like I said, I can't knock Lavar for to watching over his son. I can't knock him for that because that's his child. He wants his child to succeed in any way possible. But at the same time, I feel like the bigger he should have looked at the bigger picture. Because if you have your son, with who's the super who's a star in the NBA right now, like a, a star rookie, and I know he's hurt right now. Lamelo, hope you get better, bro. Like, cause I know you a great player, and I met him. He's a cool dude. He's really cool. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like Lavar should use the league to to expand. Like, how did you how the NBA G League is? He could have done the JBA that way, and yeah. really, I feel like some of the things wasn't handled professionally. And like I said, it's like I I think it was just, it was just first to him. Like it was just kind of new to him. So he's like him being a commissioner in the league is like kind of like okay, he got to make sure this is in order, that's in order, that's in order. And I feel like some of the people that was on the staff was like, okay, but it could have been better. But like I said, when I got sent home, you know, I remember the time, I remember when I went to the airport the next day. But when I ended up, the re- I ended up posting a video talking about the you know, experience, because like I kind of, it, it was like, it mentally disturbed me because because then I'm just thinking about my body and like what all my body just went through to not play. And I was like, Bro, like I come all the way from Brooklyn, like now, because I'm thinking back. I'm thinking back. I'm like, I gotta go back to Brooklyn, go back to the hood to find another way out. Because yeah. now at that point, it's just like it was kind of. I got into a really like, depressed state. I was really, um, because I already, I'm already suffering from uh PTSD, which is like, um, from from my experience from me uh, moving from. I had a house with my mom and you know, my sister ended up selling it, short selling and stuff like that. And, you know, that's how I ended up in Brownsville. Because yeah. the being in that, so like I said, when I ended up moving to this environment, that's why I ended up me going away to um, the Dutch Community College to get a way to get a different atmosphere. So I wouldn't see all of the, the, the homeless people, the people that's just strung out on drugs, the people that's game banging, fighting, you know what I'm saying? I have the guns and hearing the hearing police sirens every day and you get you get used to that. I don't I wasn't I didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't you know what I'm saying? So I feel like the JBA was like was my blessing. I thought like that was the way, okay, I can finally change my situation. I can change where I'm at. And when like, like I said, every time you home, it felt like my heart just ripped out my chest. Like, my heart sunk to the bottom of my butt, yeah, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> so, yeah. I love, and like I said, I love, I don't, I love basketball, not because it's like, oh, I see it as a source of income. I love playing ball because, you know, of the people I've met, the people that I, I, that I have, like, close family with now, to this day. Yeah. You know, and, like, I know I lost, I lost a few, I lost a few of my brothers, it's like, into the streets because they didn't want to continue playing ball. Yeah. Oh, so, 
you know, that's what that's the really scenario about it. And I got sent to the airport and um and I remember I was about to go on the plane and I my phone rings, I pick it up and it's people from the league and they're telling me, Oh, we want you back, this and the third, but you gotta delete the video that you posted about the league or whatever. So I guess like I because I'm thinking they probably the video might would have damaged the league or whatever like that. And that's not my intention. Like my because right. I like I was telling people just don't come to the JBA, like wherever you at, stay where you at, this and the third, because I feel like the JBA wasn't something guaranteed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the way how they handle with the contract situation and stuff like that, like we didn't really sign the contract on like the exact day when we got like the media day and stuff like that. We signed it like when people got on payday. And you know, they, and I'm 20 years old at the time. But these guys in the league was like 18, 17, like young. So they just over here just see what see the money quick and then all right, you know, boom, that's what they're gonna do. And I can't blame because they're in the same situation I'm in. They're coming from different hoods and they're trying to make it as well. So like and I delete the video because I didn't like I didn't want to like stop nobody from accomplishing what they had going on because I don't know everybody's situation that I yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying. It was it was 86 players. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna delete the video. People keep going, do what they do, whatever. I'll I'll take my laws. I'll do it. I'll fight back, whatever. I'll you know. And the league still didn't like pan out how I thought. It I kept watching from afar, but it didn't last. Like after that one season, and then how Lamelo ended up winning the JBA championship with with his brother Jello. It like it made the league look funny. It, yeah. it was like a competitive league that I thought it was going to be. And then, then I started seeing more players started leaving the league. More players started to change. And, and, and it wasn't as competitive as it was in the training. Because the training camp, we was competitive. Like, I remember when we scrimmaged LaMelo's team. And we scrimmaged LaMelo's team. We beat LaMelo's team 28 to 8. Like, in the scrimmage. Like, it was it was like – and I think after LaVar saw that, I think that would make him, like, start to break down the league a certain way. Because he was focused on – of his success of Lamelo, and yeah. and I and in my, in my opinion, I think Lamelo was going to be successful regardless who he was going against. And now it's like regardless, he still end up in the NBA. So regardless of who he played against, his name and his talent was going to still take him where he needed to go. Yeah. So with Lavar, I feel like the Ball family could have done a better job. That league, the JB, I feel like the JB could have still been going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been like the, the G. I mean, like what you said. The mentioned the G League's doing it right now. They're paying players. They come like top elite, like talented players coming in, and the JBA could have really filled that void before the the G League before they even got into that. So uh, that's interesting. I mean, like, did you talk to any other players like after anything? Like, did any players have the same experience? Like, how did you connect with anyone like after like you had left and anything like that? I kept in touch with certain players and stuff like that, but they didn't really like after like some of them didn't play. They after the JB, some of them just stopped playing ball altogether. Some of them just end up going on a different path, you know. And I really like, you know, being really like after it was just really mentally drained because like at point it it was disturbing me. Like it was really like it it like I said I got into depressed state where I didn't feel like playing basketball ever again. I didn't feel like playing basketball ever again after experiencing that. So I had to like take time to myself and reflect on why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, like, who am I doing this for? Like, like, is it, is there, am I really going to make it? Like, you know, all those questions start to pop in your head after that. So after that, I had to like, so then I end up, you know, oh, then trying to go back to school now. 
the only reason I ended up going back to school because after the JBA, LaMelo ended up going back to Spire High School. He went to Spire. Yeah. So I was, I'm, but in my head, I'm like, bro, like you were just playing in a professional league. Like how you end up in Spire? So, but you know, I seen that. I said, okay, I'm going to try to go back to school. And when I saw, when I tried to go back to school, it was kind of hard because everybody said, oh, you was in JBA. So I, my face is already known now. Like, I'm like, wow, like, okay. And then one school and one coach gave me a chance. And I was ASA College. My, my head coach was Brett Wilson. And Brett, Coach Brett, I'm glad that you you survived your, your battling. Like, he's battling cancer right now. So, like, he's really, like, he's he's coming back stronger or whatever. But he ended up retiring because of his, his cancer situation. But he's the only coach that gave me a chance. And, like, he knew about my story. But at the same time, it was like, I, when I told him I didn't take any money, like, he was like, okay. I will give you a chance because then he because then he was like, okay I, I he seen the potential I had so he really like he dug deep like he was he knew how to push my buttons like he knew how to push my buttons and he knew every and I used to practice but like, he used to have his get up for practice from seven in the morning to 11 7 to 11 every morning wow. and like talking about conditioning shooting drills uh rebounding running plays how to how to think on the court how to you know how to be disciplined like, cause because basketball is a lot of discipline. A lot of plays didn't have that. Yeah. And like for me, like, and he used me as an example, like to say, Quan, you gotta be the leader. You gotta set the tone. You gotta set the the the, the bar for your teammates to reach. And even if like sometimes my teammates wasn't on the same page with me, like, like I had to set the bar off the court as well. Cause like I think the I think he set a, a, a good example for me by like helping me mature as a man. And help me mature as like as a basketball player, because like I said, being a basketball player is not about how much you score. It's not about how much the how your stats look. It's about how you impact the players around you and how can you help them become a better version of themselves, not just being not just stat chasing and stuff like that. Because if you are a teammate to somebody and you just playing with them, but you're not really showing the actual the actual care that, yo, you my teammate, you my brother, anything, you, I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how people are supposed to be on a, on a team. Because when you have that that glue and it's everybody sticks together, no one's not stopping you. No one's not stopping that unit. That's that's awesome. I think that's amazing and great. And, uh, like, you know, shout out to your coach. I hope he's okay and back recovering from cancer, right, and everything like that. And that's just amazing that – you know, he took a shot on you. Are you still with the ASA? Are you still with ASA or are you still playing there? Because of COVID, everything got stopped. And I was on a race for, uh, I got, I was again an award because I won the top three plays in my league. And, you know, it, 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 it everything was working out for me in the good way. Everything was working out for me. But, you know, with COVID stopped everything. So after COVID, then I just been, I'm in here and I, I'm just been, you know, recovering and working out and trying to stay in shape, you know, wait, just waiting for my time to come, you know. And, um, yeah, so after ASA, just been, been here ever since. Yeah. Now, are you, like, you're still eligible to play another year because of COVID, right? I mean, yeah, I am. But, you know, like, I end up not going back as well. I end up, like, because my coach, because my coach end up coming out, like, I end up losing my spot. Yeah. I had to do a whole recruiting process, and they didn't want to take me again. I'm like, all right. So now it's like, I said, I might as well try to go for pro or try to go for the G League or something. Or try, like, I, I just want to, I just want to play ball in the NBA. Honestly, like I just feel like I feel like when I went when I went to back to school, like I stood out so much that 
like I used to drop 30, I had 30 and 15 one game. Like it was and it was not, it was like not a lot of effort put into it. I feel like I could put, I could feel like I could, I could provide like a, a good spark off the bench off the NBA team for like a good 15 points. I feel like I could provide that type of spark. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I and that's not, I feel like my talent and the way how I work. And if I had that the right training behind me, that I could be one of the all-time greats. Like I'm not trying to sound cocky. Like I feel like that's where like my mindset is, and I feel like that's where like I could reach. I feel like I could reach that type of height. That's I mean it's great. I think it's a good I think it's a great mindset that you have and you know believe in yourself. And I think that's the most important thing. And now you just gotta get like someone that can train with you. And I think that's the next step for what you need to do. Um, you know, so like, what are you looking to do? Like after COVID, like, is there like a trainer that you're looking for or like you, have you been in contact with anyone or are you going to try to go to, uh, uh, you know, play? I don't listen. Oh no, playing the G league. Sorry. I, I thought you were saying something that I could have heard. Um, uh, or like, so like what, what's like next is a tryouts for G league. Cause I know they have like the, the Long Island, um, Nets, Nets yeah. are out there too as well too. And I know like I had a friend of mine that, ended up trying for them trying out and making it for them like is that like what's next for you or uh you know what do you that's been an idea and then i've been asking my friends i'm saying yo you think i could i should, I should make um try for the g league and they say yo bro you could do it bro you'll you'll make it no problem and so i'll be like wow like they and, I, and when i heard that i'm like wow okay then people really like have that much confidence in me I, and i started to believe it myself and the way how my game has been improving, like, I really started – I look back on certain things I'd be doing on my highlights and all that. I'd be like, wow, like, bro, I really came a long way. Because I remember when starting out when I couldn't even really hit a layup. Or I couldn't do nothing like that. And they end up doing a lot of pro moves and I end up – and I remember – I go to the uh, to the Post. The Post is a gym that's uh, – it's, it's called the Post BK. You can look it up on Instagram. Um, that, that's where I do my training at. And some people go there. I remember um, Isaiah Whitehead went there to go tr- do some training there. Um, Lance Stevenson popped out over there. Shout out to my boy Lance. Uh, <laughs> you know, who else? Uh, Shamori Pons. That's one of my dudes. Like, he, was, he was one of the top players in 2016 in New York. Um, so those guys, uh, yeah, like I go out and I always train. Like I never, I never stop training. And um, Brooklyn Bridge Park. That's where I might be at sometimes too. That's where the community mostly know me. So when I go out to the park, uh, people be like, "Yo, what's good, Quan?" They call me JBA. Like it's like, bro, come on now. Like they, everybody's like, they see my face. They just, I remind them of the JBA. They always give me respect on that and things like that. And and also, my main goal, like to make it, is like to really open that pathway for the guys that's underdogs, like you know, people that's not getting the recognition or, or just putting the work behind the scenes, like to let them know that, okay, yo, you can't make it too. Like I went through this underground road and, and I didn't really had that much exposure behind me, but at the same time, when you patience and you trust God and you trust and you have faith in your dreams, no matter what people say about your dreams, like people always think that yeah, because it's, it's a dream and you, you don't like people are going to shut it down. Like once you have faith, Right here. Once you have faith, <laughs> possible. Anything is possible. And I've seen it like from the and the JBA was like a little taste for me. I think it was like a little taste of what what God has planned for me. And maybe it is being an NBA, maybe and I could see myself being an NBA and really impacting the world, like in a positive way, on and off the court. You know, because I feel like like and I also like if I can end up playing for the Nets, that with the things I could do in my community. That like you know even though like you got KD Harden Kyrie they're they're not from here so they're not really they're not they don't really understand like 
what goes on in Brooklyn to make Brooklyn what it is. You know, they might see like the glamour, the lights, the fame, the, you know, pot smoke and all that other stuff, but they don't really see where we come from, like how tough it really is to get, to make it out of here. So I feel like that will, that's the, that's the really the main goal for me. Like, regardless, like, you know, I do the G League and everything like that. I just want an opportunity. Like I need one opportunity and that's all I ask for. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like you have a good heart too behind it as well. It's just uh, <clears throat> it doesn't seem like it's just the money grab either. It's like what you want to do. You want to help out the community and be an inspiration to kids who you know gone a different path or <clears throat> or have not like you know not have taken the college level, but they're going a different path and whatever. I think, I think that's a that's a good way to do it. I mean, have you ever thought about the European Euro route and then coming into the NBA too? You know? Things he, see, these are things I always thought about, but it's just me meeting the right people, me getting the right people behind me and just re- making the right networking connections and stuff like that. So like you, me just having to talk with you on your podcast, is like, you know, it's a step. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I've been a while since I got interviewed and talked about the JBA. I ain't talked about the JBA in the last like two years. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> like I've kind of went under the radar, but now I'm coming, I'm surfacing back up. So, you know, everything works out in a mysterious way. So I'm happy. I'm just yeah. happy for that. Yeah, everyone has a plan. I mean, that's a plan for everyone, and uh, you know, you just you stick with it, and I'm sure he's gonna put you on the right track. And I love that you're passionate, and I think that it really shows even for this interview, and it shows that you really want to play basketball. And it doesn't just sound like it's just for the money either. It sounds like you really you're passionate about basketball, but you also want to help out your community. Um, it sounds like you're in a tough, tough, tough neighborhood and tough area, and you wanna you wanna do something good back for those kids in that in that neighborhood. It sounds like, and you wanna make an impact on them. And I think. That is what makes you a great person and what makes you who the person you are and what, what, you know, the good heart and stuff like that. So, you know, you gotta, I believe in you and I, and I hope great things are come your way because I think you deserve every great thing in the world because you just seem like a great, you have a great heart and, uh, you know, community needs you like, it needs a man like you like that. So. I really appreciate that. I just, I felt, I felt that. I felt that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell by the way you talk and know everything, and uh, it's, just, it's awesome. And yeah, um, you know, and I hope it all works out for you and everything like that. I mean, is there like a a player, like anything planned, like players or anyone that you've talked to? I mean, you said you met some NBA players. Have you talked to them and like been in touch with them? Like, how's that been? Like meeting with, like Lance Stevenson, I think was one of them. Yeah. I talked to, I ended up meeting Lance Stevenson. I ended up meeting Lance Stevenson in uh, in a tournament. Uh, it's called LES. It's a lower, lower, lower East Side, lower East Side Express. So we played Dallas down there, and it was, I met him in Manhattan. I saw him there, and I saw him sitting there. I was like, oh, I, no, I saw Lance and I saw Isaiah Whitehead in the same day. But I met Lance, I saw Lance first, and this one he's on the Lakers. So, oh. you know. Yeah, so when he's on the Lakers, like you know, he's and like now he's getting his recognition. Now he's doing what he's doing. But he comes from Coney Island. Coney Island, you know, Coney Island is like over there. That's tough too. Like Coney Island is a tough place you come from too. But like, I met him, and you know, he know how to like you don't have security around. Him. Like he was just out there like a regular dude. And I went up and talked to him, whatever. And I met his brother first. You know, his brother Sean Dollar. I met him on the PlayStation when I was playing Two K. <laughs> That's awesome. So we ended up linking up in the same rec game and I ended up like me scoring and me and him was in like in the backcourt playing and he was only he had like 40 I had like 25 and 15 and we was just killing he was having a fun time but we ended up meeting Lance and then I talked to Lance I said yo I know your brother I said, your brother you talking about brother Sean I said yeah playing on 2k and all that and we ended up taking a picture and then and then after um that Lance went to China 
because I ended up seeing him playing the tournament in the streetball tournament. He loves streetball, like he loves streetball, bro. So he playing in there. And he had a good time. He had a good game too. And I ended up meeting Isaiah Thomas. I met Isaiah Thomas by accident. Uh, me and my brother was went um, to Manhattan because I ended up getting a gift card from my church from Nike, a gift card, a Nike gift card. And we was walking around and then we went to the NBA store. And I'm seeing this guy, like he's so short, but I'm not really paying attention to it. But then so I said to him, I said to some, I said, yo, that guy look like Isaiah Thomas. And then somebody in the store, I said, yo, bro, I said the same thing, man. Like, I don't know. I said, go talk to him. I said, so I went up to him, I said, Isaiah. And I, I didn't want to say his last name, but I said, Isaiah. And he looked at me. He was like, nah, like, cause he looked up at me. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I said, yo, yo, I can get a picture with you, bro. How you doing? This and third. Like, that. So, yo, yeah, let's do it. This and third. We took a picture and we had, he chopped it up. We talked about it. I talked about how I'm being in the NBA. And then one time there was somebody that, that cursed him during the game because somebody wanted a frosty. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, that yeah, I remember. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I met him and I talked to him about that. I said, oh, they said, that's how it'd be in the NBA this and the third. I said, bro, I, I said, I said, I, I said, IT, I appreciate you. And, and the thing is, me and IT having common, we're both lefties. So, like, being a lefty is kind of rare to see in this world. So, it's like when I, I had to give him respect on him just being left-handed, you know. And uh, who else? I met Lance Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I met Victor Oladipo. Even one time he was at, um, he was at Brooklyn Bridge Park. And he was doing a commercial, I think, for um, Express. And he, like, he was in his clothes. And then he was taking his shots or whatever like that. And I was, like, around the same height as him at the time. I think this was when I was, I think, 20. Yeah, I was 20, 21, around that time, during the summertime. Met Victor Oladipo. And it was fun. Like, it, and see, that's how it, and that's what happened after Jimmy. Like, I ended up, like, just meeting this person and that person. And, that, and it's just, it's just been like that ever since. And, I, and I'm, I'm close friends with, uh, with Jesse Jones, a.k.a. Filet. That's one of that's my guy right there. My son Filet, that's my guy. That's my guy. I got a too. Uh Filet. And yeah, like it's it God has been good to me. Like I, people know who I am, but I, I I just don't have that much like um exposure or that fame. So like people are getting no give me credit for the things I've done. Yeah, well, it's gonna get it's gonna come, man. It's gonna be there for sure. You just keep working hard. You're, like I said, you're very passionate. It's cool to meet all those players. I'm kind of jealous. Also, I'm a lefty too, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we got it's a lefty. Yeah, so lefties being a lefty is the best, especially when you play basketball. It throws people off for the first time. It's the best. My first thing to do. Um, but yeah, man, that's all the questions I really have. Do you have any comments, statements, or anything you want to say before we sign off? I mean, just keep doing what you're doing as well. That's my statement as well to, to you, but. For any for everybody that's uh that's chasing their dreams, don't stop chasing your dreams. Like don't stop chasing your dreams. Like go after them. Try, put God first. Put God first because God is real. God is gonna guide you through a situation that no matter what you're going through, whether it be a good or a bad situation, always pay your prayers. Always keep your head up. Don't let nobody shut down your dreams, no matter what it is. Because at the end of the day. The vision that's in your mind, only you're gonna see it. No one else not gonna see your vision. No one, not gonna, no one else is gonna see what what you have love for. And always take care of your family. Always just just be you. Be you. Once you be you, everything will come to you. Don't don't try to be someone that you're not. And like just don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged about life. Like take life one day at a time. Enjoy. Live every moment and laugh every day. And watch. I feel like you'll be like you'll be really happy. So that's all I gotta say. 
I love it, Quan. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. A true inspiration. And, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I can't wait to see your name be called for the Brooklyn Nets one day or just the NBA general. <laughs> All right. Thank you. I appreciate you, Jeff. And anytime, man. All right. That was my interview with Quan Van Putten. Great interview with Quan. I hope everything is well with him. And hopefully we can get him back on the show down the line. Hopefully he'll be playing professional ball by then. So good luck to Quan. And thank you again for being on the show. And hopefully we'll have you back on eventually. Uh, on Friday, I have another great episode for you guys with Sebastian Thomas, uh, who played his high school basketball here in Rhode Island for Bishop Hendrickson. And he went to Hoosack Prep School as well. He is being recruited uh, for Division One schools. And it was just a great interview to get to know Sebastian Thomas. Great kid. Uh, very excited for him. And, you know, he always got to root for Rhode Islanders and see where they go. And can't wait to see where his career is going to take him. And that's it. And stay tuned for our schedule. We'll be coming out uh, on Friday uh, as well. And I think we will have a Thursday live event with the IRL and what the good deeds they have been doing along the community. So be on the lookout for that episode on Thursday. We'll be promoting that tomorrow. But thank you guys for tuning in. And we will see you guys on Friday. Have a good and safe Wednesday and Thursday.